Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me, as always, my co-host and friend, coming to you live from Calgary, Alberta, where the Islanders will be on Friday. Uh, Nick Martin. Nick, we always start the show with our favorite underdogs. Uh, Tuesday night was a pretty terrible night for for underdogs. The one team that, uh, or, you know, I, of course, didn't bet the Blackhawks. And then the Blues, as soon as we stopped, I said, you know what, I'm... I think I'm starting to think about it. Like the price is getting high enough and they were the one that won. Of course, the other three didn't, but that's not going to deter us. We're going to go back. We always start with with a couple underdogs to play. Um, We've got two kind of at different ends of the underdog spectrum. You're looking at a a classic buy low spot on a team that going into the holiday break looked like a Stanley cup contender. Yeah, the pens have been all over the place, and you summarized it well. This is just a buy low spot for me with the Penguins team that has been as consistent as anyone throughout regular season history for uh, pretty much the whole Crosby era. And I loved them in the Winter Classic. I thought they played really well. I summarized that game right after saying that I was lucky to be on Boston. What Pittsburgh is doing over the last couple weeks with some of their shaky defensive play, which has just been super messy, that Islanders game was a disaster has been a pretty big anomaly for the entire Mike Mike Sullivan era. So I think this is just a good time to get back on them. I think they can carry play at a respectable rate versus Vegas. I like the Penguins to find a way to get this this win. I know that Vegas will probably be trendy in this spot because um, Eichel's likely to return, and they could have uh, maybe even Shea Theodore back in the lineup. So that is notable, and there could be room to grow for the Penguins on this number. You might not need to rush to get it in by any means. But yeah, I, th- I think it's a good price to back a really strong Penguins side. And we talk about it all the time, but a middle-of-the-pack Eastern team like the Penguins, someone who's 7th, 8th, they can be right there with a, uh, Vegas this season. Like if the Penguins were in the East, they're probably sitting with that kind of a record, which I think is always an important note in these games. And yeah, I just like the Penguins to play a really sharp game here and snap their five-game losing skid. Yeah, so it's a tricky spot for me because I actually think right now at minus 120, I would I would bet Vegas at home. Penguins coming traveling cross country, um, not in great form. It's not just the the results that aren't going the way, and I know that they look better against Boston, uh, but over the course of the last since December first, they're they're bottom third in the league in, in five on five play in terms of expected goals and high danger chances, and uh, they they are a team that will eventually sort that that stuff out. And we we make this joke all the time, like you blink and then the the next thing you know, the Penguins are you know sixteen three and two in a stretch. They've already had one of those stretches this season. I'm sure another one will come. Um, Tristan Jarry's out. I don't think it's a huge drop off between him and Casey to Smith, but it's just something to note as well. And, and getting Eichel and Shea Theodore maybe back, I think makes Vegas who went through a, a big time injury, you know, situation, uh, the least of which, you know, Eichel missing 11 games. It's their number one center uh, and, and their main offensive kind of threat. Petrangelo is out at the same time. Um, like I said, Shea Theodore, like they've, they've been de- dealt with a lot and, and they still are driving play in the right direction. 
uh, for the most part, they're they're hanging around, you know, above 52%, 53% high danger chance and expected goals. So I still like Vegas. Uh, minus 130, I think, would probably be the cutoff. But um, we're a little bit of disagreement on this one. And I think we might have a little bit of disagreement on the next one because uh, generally you like the Toronto Maple Leafs. I actually think the Seattle Kraken at plus 180 are, are worth a bet. I think it's a pretty ugly slate for underdogs. We'll touch on that as we go throughout. Uh, but the Kraken were the one I like the most. Seattle is just, they're they're a deep team. There's really very few cracks in the armor in terms of their skaters. Of course, the goaltending is a different story. Uh, but with the way that Toronto's goaltending, I know it's mostly been Samsonov, but uh, you, you just I still don't trust Matt Murray. I, I'm assuming he'll get to start here. Um, I just don't think that the edge is, is, is so wide. And Toronto's... It's not that they've struggled, but defensively they started to show like a little bit uh, of issues over the past few games. They got they lost uh, in a shootout to the Blues, as I said before, gave up five goals and then lost in the, uh, in, in the skills competition. So I, I don't think it's a terrible time to go against Toronto. Don't mind the Kraken at these kind of prices, basically against anybody, even on the road. So um, Seattle for me at plus 180 would be my favorite underdog on a slate that like i said it's it's just not not the best for these big prices yeah i didn't see many dogs looking too appealing and uh one other note i think will nylander could sit he's actually leading leaves and points he's been unreal this year so i think that's worth noting and to defend my leafs a little bit for a second i saw so many takes as you always do when this team loses about how inconsistent they are they're third in the league in points percentage like what are they supposed to do that's going to have people just relax for a bit. Like this is kind of just how, you know, I, I get it. They have a lot of talent, but you're not, there's only two teams above them. It's pretty hard to do a lot more than they've done. And that's with a, a lot of defensive injuries. So, you know, it's easy to rip on them when they can't win a playoff series, but I don't think that it's valid to talk about their inconsistencies yeah. this year when they're winning at a really high level. Yeah. I mean, and, and, the the two seasons together i think the one thing that the leafs have have been has been consistent uh in the regular season they 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 played to a a really good pace and it it, i one thing i do think is interesting here is that um maybe those those takes are kind of stemming from more of a fear that the the lightning are just they're starting to creep in a little bit here in the atlantic uh quietly which is so funny to say about a team that was at the Stanley Cup final for the past three seasons. Uh, but Tampa's now just four points back with, with two games at hand on Toronto. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that it's fair to say that they've been inconsistent. They just ran through November and, and uh, December without really batting an eyelash. Um, so this, this is just more of a play on the number. I think we can all agree that Toronto's a, a one of the better teams in the league. Uh, but Seattle's, they're deep and dangerous at these kind of prices. All right, so it's Pens and Kraken as our favorite underdogs. Let's look at the rest of the big board. And then at the end, we'll, of course, talk about our favorite bets for the night. Uh, before we recorded on Tuesday, you told me that you were never going to talk to me again if I bet the Habs ever again. I did. Uh, it didn't go well. They did you know, make it a little interesting for a little while against the Predators, but ended up losing because uh, they can't stop a nosebleed. And, and now they take on the Rangers. They host the Rangers. Uh, New York is minus 200 on the road. That number, I think, will just go up and up and up. The Habs are plus 170, over under six. This number will probably get to a point where I'll play Montreal. 
I might be the only one who thought that that Rangers performance against the Hurricanes kind of veered more towards fortunate than impressive. Um, they they benefited from some very fluky goals, some some um, suspect goaltending for Peter Kochekov in his first game in a while. The uh, officiating was a little strange. There there was a lot that that went the Rangers' direction, and it's impressive when you when you stop a a, a hot team like the the Canes. Uh, First time that they didn't pick up a point since before Thanksgiving, so the you do the Rangers do deserve credit for that, and you know you do have to convert the power plays you're given. They did it, um, although not in the most conventional of ways. I still think that they're that they don't drive play anymore. Like they're they're not, their five on five numbers are are tanking, and, and that makes them a little dangerous when when you're at being asked to lay what's going to be more than minus two hundred. Yeah, I can't do it with this Montreal team. I agree with you. You look at something like that Carolina game. And you get two fluky goals that swings any hockey game, pretty much unless you're playing Montreal or someone like that, where you can just put them in at will. So, yeah, that makes that performance less uh, less impressive. But it does seem to me the Rangers are playing at a really high level right now. And if Shesterkin is in the net in this game, it's just hard for me to see them them blowing it. But and and yeah, the the thing with the Canadians is like their defensive play has been so bad, and I don't have reason to believe that their current roster makeup with who's back there is going to figure it out so that's what scares me is i think it's just possible they're going to be trending right down with the ducks blue jackets in that clump of teams that are just going to be historically bad the rest of the season yeah it's scary they're ugly it's going to get uglier um i feel like we we played the canadians pretty close to right uh, on the show out of the gates we we were on them a bunch they did look impressive out of the gates but now uh like you said the tankathon does feel very profound i guess um it's all anyone's talking about i think part of that is the world juniors and what Connor bedard's doing but um it's definitely something to keep an eye on we we've seen the past two seasons the that underdogs just have not not performed well they they were better this to start this season um but now I'm, I'm assuming that those numbers will start to trend down. Uh, another underdog at a big price is Nashville at plus 180 in Carolina. The Canes are minus 210. They're getting Max Patriot ready back for this game. Uh, they've just had their 11-game win streak um, snap. So if, if someone wants to tell me this is a you know, sleepy spot, a weird spot for Carolina, I'd listen to you. But it's just not enough for me. Um, even with Saros in goal on one end and uh, either Kochekov or Ranta on the other, like does give Nashville a little bit of a platform, but you just I just can't trust that the Predators will be able to have the puck enough uh, in this one. But you know, there's always an, a price, so we'll see where this thing goes. But I don't think it'll get too much bigger than it is here, and, and I would pass at this number. Yeah, I pretty much just saw this as a pure pass. The Preds are starting to stabilize a little bit, um, but they've kind of caught some teams in some favorable spots too. And yeah, I just didn't really see this as a game I wanted to get involved with. Uh, the Coyotes, they're plus 130 in Philly. The Flyers minus 150, the over under six. I actually think I'll end up betting Arizona because uh, the number I think will actually get bigger on Philadelphia, as crazy as that sounds, because Carter Hart was activated. Um, and I could see that confirming Hart and the Flyers taking a little bit of money. The Flyers are um, winning some games as well lately. Like they've been all right uh, over the past few. They've, they're on a three-game winning streak. They're only nine points out of the playoff spot. Uh, so, you know, maybe they're heading in the right direction. But if, if this number ticks up, 
I'll, I'll be on Arizona and because I just don't think that the, the gap between these two teams is ever going to be wide enough um, to pass on Arizona, at like plus 140, 145. Yeah, for sure. And to talk about this quick, while we have two more teams involved in this tankathon, I'm not saying at all that I think Montreal or these teams are throwing games, which is where when I say a comment, like I think Montreal's defense core is just likely to keep sustaining this horrible play. That's that's relevant because my point is is not at all that I think these coaches are in the room telling guys to fucking throw games and you know what I mean like that's not right. what I'm saying I know NHL players aren't doing that um, so it's yeah it's it's more just evaluating what you what you think about what's left and we've talked about how Arizona's scrappy um, if they remain without some of those bodies that hurts but yeah I, I like them as a competitive underdog for sure. The uh, St. Louis Blues plus one seventy in New Jersey. The Devils are minus two hundred. The over under here six and a half. Devils will be on a back to back. They are in Detroit on Wednesday night. So a little bit of a tricky spot. The Blues coming off that wild one against the the Leafs. Uh, it would be Blues or nothing for me here, just considering the scheduling spot uh, and the fact that the Devils goaltending has just been poor uh, for since December first whether it's Blackwood or Vanacek. I mean, Blackwood's been slightly better, but you can't trust him. Uh, he's been slightly better recently, I should say, over the course of the whole season, though it's been Vanacek. It'll be blues or nothing. But uh, f- for now, I'll leave this one alone. Let's see how the Devils look on Wednesday. Yeah, I could see this just being one of those games where St. Louis kind of takes advantage of all their chances and and finds a way to hang around, kind of similar to what we saw versus Toronto. So that's a little bit scary. I know that I've said... In the last couple of weeks, I think the Devils are going to be a team that continues to trend up and makes a good march towards the postseason, which scares me a little bit and um, kind of just has me thinking mainly pass, but I could see myself ending up with some action here if um, the Devils have a really sharp performance tonight or or depending on kind of how that game goes. Uh, yeah, and the Blues are an interesting spot. We were talking about the Tankathon, and I actually think St. Louis kind of is they're in this this weird spot where they're close to the playoff picture but you know realistically like their chances are pretty slim right now they're 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 two points behind uh colorado and uh three behind edmonton four behind calgary and five behind seattle and realistically i think everyone thinks colorado will um take one of those available spots i don't i don't disagree with that and then it'll come down to um seattle edmonton Calgary in the to take the third spot in the Pacific and then one of them uh, in St. Louis in the uh, second wild card. So they're still like what I'm saying, like they're, they're not like uh, we'll talk about the Canucks later on in the show, but they're not in that same spot where the, this, the season is essentially over and who knows what's going to come next for that team. The blues, like they, they have something to play for. They've, they've done it before obviously they won they won the stanley cup they've they've come from the outside in so i I think that they're what i'm saying is that there's no there's no threat that you're going to see a like a uh you you could see a bad performance but i don't think you'll see a you know type of showing that we saw from vancouver against the islanders on on tuesday night so and st louis is they are interesting the more and more i think about this price i think that uh you know i could could end up liking the blues um and actually betting them this time and not like uh, the other night where I passed and they won. The Islanders, plus 135 in Edmonton. Oilers are minus 155. The over-under, six and a half. Edmonton's 0-4-1 in their last five at home. We know what the the kind of formula is with this team. If McDavid and Dreisaitl get help, they usually win because McDavid and Dreisaitl are playing great. 
and that help isn't just from other skaters, but also the goaltending. Uh, they didn't get good goaltending from Stuart Skinner on Tuesday night, so that means we could see Jack Campbell against the Islanders on Thursday night. The Islanders, meanwhile, they're coming off of a good performance from against Vancouver, a good bounce back, but a lot of that was buoyed by just the Canucks being terrible. Uh, great goaltending from Ilya Sorokin in the first period, especially to keep them in the game. And, and then they just took it over. And that goaltending gap, if Sorokin is in, is wide. I do think that Simeon Varlamov is a, a, a really solid goal, goaltender in the NHL, and, and he still gives them an advantage over Jack Campbell. But Varlamov has not played in a while because of an injury. So if he's playing, it makes me a little more trepidatious. They're on a uh, a back-to-back. It'll, it'll be in Edmonton Thursday, Friday. They're in Calgary. Uh, and there's also just the the injuries with the Islanders. They, they once again, ice the lineup with Ross Johnston, Hudson Fashing, Parker Watherspoon uh, the other night. Uh, and those guys actually played pretty well, but uh, at some point they, they'll they get found out. So if Kyle Palmieri and Sorokin start, even at this number, I would, I would bet the Islanders. So uh, just, it's, it's much, it's, it's just a game that you're just going to have to wait to hear what, what the line lineup looks like for the visitors, but uh, it would, there's no way I'm betting Edmonton and laying it with Edmonton right now. I hate betting Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> Their games are really hard to handicap, I find, because it's just you're trying to evaluate kind of how much two guys can cover up for some lapses all over the rest of the rink. And I think that's just tough. I know some of their defenders are better than they've shown Bouchard's and kind of a sloppy stretch of just having some just kind of plays where he's asleep at the wheel and costing them goals. I still, as someone who fully, you know, I, I get that Darnell Nurse has overpaid. I think he's better than what he's shown recently. I don't think that would be like a pick that you'd have to, or, you know, a statement that you'd have to debate anyone over. So it's hard for me to think like, I feel like the Oilers are better than they are showing, but I don't know if I want to get involved with them in the team that can be well-structured like the Islanders and has a significant goaltending edge. Uh, all right. We will wrap up with uh, Bruins and Kings before we get to our favorite bets uh, for Thursday, January the 5th. So breaking news on the show, uh, Jake DeBrusque is out for the Bruins with a fractured fibula. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty big blow. He's been going well. He's definitely been playing the best hockey of his career and really kind of rounded out that top six pretty well. So the Bruins are right now minus 155 on the road in Los Angeles. Kings are plus 135. The over-under is six. If this number comes down on Boston, I'd actually be interested just because at some point Phoenix Copley's going to, the real Phoenix Copley is going to show up. I wish it was a different kind of matchup and we could get a bigger number to go against him and start fading him. But um, if the DeBrusque news does deflate this number and we can catch Boston under, you know, minus 140. Be interesting. Other than that, though, it'd, it'd be a pass for me, too, as, as, you know, the Bruins are now traveling cross country after a, an emotional winter classic win. Yeah, that sucks for DeBrusque. He's been he's been killing it. Um, and yeah, talk about the Copley thing, because I looked at this the other or after last night. It is insane. He's 9-1-0. He's got a 9.05 save percentage, which is solid this year. Like 9.05 is like the new 9.15 with how scoring's gone up, which I think like when you're talking about goaltending is is kind of an interesting note. Like especially if you look at goals saved above expected ratings for goaltenders, you it's just crazy how many of them are well into the positives with like a 900 save percentage. Um but yeah, I, I'm not wanting to get involved with Phoenix Copley. And and then that's the other note too. Like I think Swayman's probably going to be better than he's shown the back half. But the splits between him and Allmark have now became very meaningful to the point where like, I think if you're going to 
handicap a Boston game. You really want to try to evaluate which of the two starters is going to go. And I'll be the first to admit that I was kind of wrong on this because I actually thought that um, Swayman and Allmark would probably play to almost bang even numbers this season. And that like for a lot of points in this year, I kind of didn't really care too much on the Boston goaltending decision. But now I think it's very relevant and it could be possible they go with Swayman there. So yep. that's definitely something to watch. All right, uh, let's move on to top shelf bets, our favorite bets for Thursday, uh, the 5th of January. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. Two favorites uh, on this one. We'll start in Columbus where the Capitals are minus 190, Blue Jackets plus 160, the over under is six. Uh, the Jackets are... St- I mean, I don't know what to say about them because it's it's pretty obvious yeah, what, what the... Um, the situation there is and that is a team I, I this is very much an eye test thing and but that was a team that when the islanders played the blue jackets last week and it was their first game after a long layoff because of the holiday break they had a game postponed so you might want to whatever but they just did not look like they wanted to play hockey uh they, they kind of want to get in get out and that's that and, and can't really blame them with the way that the season's going so you are backing your caps even at i'm the gonna back number my caps. I, I like them on the puck line here. I think that Columbus are in the perfect tanking scenario where it's respectable. If you're a fan of Columbus, you can look at the injuries this season and say, like, we lost our top defender who is playing at an incredibly high level. We're not getting very good goaltending. There's a lot of other things you can point to. They lost their captain, Boone Jenner, who was having a pretty good year. So it's just a team that's going to be bottom three and I don't see the arguments as to why they're going to get out of there. I still like a lot of what Columbus has going on. I've made it pretty well known like at times that I think um, Yarmo has done a pretty respectable job, that they've accumulated some legitimate pieces that should be really good moving forward. But I still don't think there's enough to, to move away from what how bad the play has been thus far. Like It's just so hard for me to see what they're going to do to control more of the play in this game. You can kind of see watching Columbus that the amount of space they give to the other team is kind of just night and day different than, uh, or most nights at least, night and day different than probably anyone not named the Ducks or the Canadians lately. So I think it's just going to be a lot for them to keep the Capitals at bay when they really have been playing quite well. The Caps are getting support from up all over the lineup, which is another great note versus Columbus because there's mismatches all over the place. And I think this is just one where it's easy for me to see why the Caps can can win by two more often than this number suggests. And the price on that as of Wednesday is quite strong. And if you wanted to just do regulation win, I think that's obviously perfectly fine as well. I always say that over time, those will usually run to a similar EV. So yeah, I like the caps to kind of keep it rolling, get back on track with a win over a Columbus side that is just, they're not very good. They're not <laughs> controlling play at high rate. And I don't see much reason why they're going to turn that around. Uh, my favorite bet is uh, Colorado. I, this this could be if you wanted to do this, you know, you can basically just take these two picks on the money line too and parlay them. Uh, Colorado's minus one fifty in Vancouver. The Canucks are plus one thirty. The over under six and a half. Vancouver was dreadful against the Islanders, and it was a type of game where, as soon as it ended, the tongues just started wagging about how this team needs to blow it up. It's clear that they're not good enough. They have some pieces there that are truly top level talents but then they have you know some dross and the goaltending situation is dire right now as well spencer martin looked terrible uh and the avalanche 
they will start trending in the right direction. We so much has been made about their shooting percentage and their health. And uh, as they're getting bodies back, they should be uh, a much better team. And I think this one, like as, as simple as it sound comes, a lot of it just comes down to, you know, honest effort and, and playing clean hockey. And the Canucks just won't do that. Like they just won't. Um, so, so even though it's you're, you're selling at the, the bottom of the market on Vancouver, you know, it might not be because this is a team I think could could end up just blowing things up. I don't know where the bottom is here. Uh, I like uh, Colorado at, at uh, minus one and a half on the puck line as well. It's plus 170 right now. I'm assuming Colorado will take money considering what we saw out of Vancouver the other night. Um, so whether you want to parlay caps and abs, however you want to play this, I think the Avalanche are still pretty, pretty strong bet even as a, a road favorite on Thursday night. Yeah, I think this game, if played in three weeks, because I, I fully believe the Avalanche are about to go on an upswing. I thought they actually played a pretty reasonable effort versus Vegas and just had some more tough puck, tough puck luck. And they could get Nachushkin back, which is a massive boost. He's going to probably play on this road trip, it sounds like. And it seems like people are almost, when they talk about the injuries for this team, forgetting how good that guy is because he's better than the best player on some teams. Um, so, yeah, I think that's interesting. This money line could be minus 180, minus 190 in a couple of weeks with the rosters that are going to play tomorrow. Not talking about like if Colorado had everyone or if I think that it's just the perfect time for the Avs have lost a few more than they should, even factoring in the injuries. And Vancouver had that stretch of stealing a few wins. We were talking about it there where they were just they're finishing chances at a really high rate. And yeah, I love this as a good spot to get back on the Avs who will just ideally claim these two points and expose kind of... Uh, all of the issues that Vancouver has. And there are a lot of them. Um, we'll see. The Vancouver Canucks, by the time we talk next uh, on Tuesday, or you hear us next on Tuesday or Monday night, could look very different. Um, so that's it for us today. Seattle Kraken, Pittsburgh Penguins are our underdogs. We like the Avalanche and Caps on the puck lines as our favorite bets. For Nick Martin, I'm Mike Leboff. This has been another episode of Line Change. Best of luck with all your bets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.